1: I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Since we're getting so close to Christmas and I can't buy all of you presents, I present to you, (laughs) Run For God founder, Mitchell Hollis.
0: You're getting a bit on the (laughs) corny side with these. Hey, let me ask you a question. Ten years ago, did you ever see yourself as being a person that would do a podcast?
1: No, I really didn't. wouldn't have, ever.
0: It's crazy. I thought about, you know, today we're we're starting to gear up for the Couch to Marathon Challenge, and we've done two videos for the 5K Challenge, and now we're sitting here doing a podcast. And it kind of hit me on the way up here. I would have never in a million years. That's just how God
1: works, ain't it? It, it is. He gets us outside of comfort zones and places where we think we belong and puts us into places where we don't think we belong and uses but us. But he out. can work. Yeah. Very yeah. cool amazing. Hey, turning points. Have you ever had one of those things that happened and just kind of refocused you? We'll talk about somebody who went through just that today. How do you react to the world around you? How do you react when your running doesn't go as planned? We'll talk about the how the way we react to things can make all the difference, right? So um, trivia question. We had a trivia question last time. People are getting into these trivia questions. I now have people answering trivia questions and saying, um, I just love participating in trivia. I don't care if I win or not, Uh, which is cool. It's very Did I hear you
0: telling somebody that somebody turned down the prize? They did. (laughs) That's pretty
1: funny. Yep. Yep. They had already won. And so they decided they they wanted somebody somebody else to win. Wow. What a good Samaritan. Yes, absolutely. Um, So. There was a guy from Finland who participated in three Olympic Games almost 100 years ago. What was his name? What was his nickname? And how many Olympic medals did he win? Did you know this one? I had no clue. I figured. Most people don't know who this guy is. and Most people have never heard this name before. I'm looking at his name and I've never heard of him. Yeah. Pavo Nermi, the guy's name is. And he was also known as the Flying Finn. He set 22 world records at all distances from 1,500 meters to 20K. Um, he, comp- he competed in 12 events in three Olympic games. So he went to three Olympics and competed in 12 events. How many distance runners do you know that competed in four events average per Olympics? That typically doesn't happen. Um, he won nine gold medals out of 12 events that he participated in and got on the podium in all all 12. Wow. Um At one point, this guy was undefeated in 121 consecutive races. Now, that's one thing if you're a sprinter or, you know, but with distance runners, we all know that people have bad days, and there's just times where 121 consecutive races. And he was never beaten over his entire career in cross country or in the 10K on the track. Isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah, it's... And it
0: the fact that i've never heard of him that's the strange part i usually somebody legendary like that would c- kind of be a household name in a in a runner's household but i've never well, heard
1: of him now i'm going to say this and i don't want you to take this the wrong way um, in america we tend to be american focused i think and that's not yeah, putting yeah, down america no, but not not distance running i mean you you got
0: Bekele and kipchoge i mean i know all these but those names. are today Th- those are today that's true yeah
1: yeah that's true yeah, okay. Yeah, you didn't know who uh, uh the Old Bekele was. Right, uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I you obviously remember. don't know who he is I, either. <laughs> it's, it's no, I want to say Abdi because we got Abdi Abdi Rahman. The, the names all, right. yeah, they all run together. Anyway, so he started this guy, uh, Pavo Nurmi, started out in the 1920 Olympics. It was his first race. and his first race, he finished only second. So out of those twelve, he then he then went on to win ten out of the next 11, or nine out of the next eleven, um, and then he won the ten thousand and cross country in that Olympics. So he competed in three events and he won two of them. Um, and he is the only guy in the history of Earth to ever have uh, world records for the mile, the five k, and the ten k. That's pretty. That's a pretty broad range. You don't find somebody who's great at the mile and the 10k. Because right now,
0: Bakely has the 5k and 10k, right?
1: No, they were both just beaten by uh, Chiptigai. Uh, chep- Guy. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's who yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah,
0: yeah. Guy has the 5k and 10k, so yeah, he just needs to go for the mile. Yeah, but that's a different animal now. I mean, it that's you now. don't. Yeah, but yeah. I guess back then it was, you did one, you did them all.
1: Well, not, no, not necessarily. That's really? what made him unique was that he was different. He did hmm. go in, in a much broader range than most people did. Um, he, he, at one time, in the Olympics, set world records at the 1,500 and the 5,000 with less than an hour between the two events. 1,500 is a good warm-up. Can, can you imagine today somebody even attempting? That, nobody would attempt that today. Today they would go, that's just too hard. There's no way we can do that. Right. Um, in 1924 Olympics, he won five gold medals in one Olympics. Uh, and he was mad at the, the, the committee there in Finland because they didn't want him to run the 10K. They took him out of the 10K, so he wanted to win a sixth. Because he never remember, he never lost to the 10K, so he yeah. probably would have won a sixth. Um, and, and this was in Paris, and it was 113 degrees during the cross-country race. Less than half the field finished the race. It was wow. so bad, and of course, it was no big deal for him. He won, no big deal. <laughs> uh, and and this is this is a sad part of Pavo Nermi is he wanted to finish his career in 1932. He realized that as he got older, it was tougher to run the shorter distances, so he moved up to the marathon. And he won. He ran one marathon in his life, and he set a world record in that one. Now this was a 25 mile marathon, so it was a little bit different, but If you extended that out to 26.2, it would have been a world record for 26.2 as well. Um, So his one marathon was the trials. He won it, probably would have won the Olympics in 1932. But what happened was apparently there was a really, really super competitiveness between Sweden and Finland. And Sweden did something or brought something up that made them question his eligibility. You know, back then you couldn't be a professional. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, some dispute on whether he got paid to go do a race somewhere else, and so uh, they declared him ineligible, and so he could not run in the 1932 Olympics. And uh, that was kind of a sad thing. He kind of he kind of ended his career in the 1928 Olympics, I guess. He he ran a couple more races after that uh, in 1933, but in 1934 he decided he was going to retire. Um, it was it was sad. What was interesting about this 25-mile world record, world record that he had was he had nothing to drink during the race. You know, that, today we say that and it's like that you can't do people that.
0: People look at you like you got three heads.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I of course, What was
0: his time? I don't
1: I don't he didn't, remember. He didn't say his time. I, I want to say he was it would have been under 2:30. Okay. So that gives you an idea kind of on where he was in, in today's numbers, right. um, would have been a, a record back then. Um, he eventually became a coach, um, and he became one of the richest men in Finland because it turns out that this same drive that he had to become to be such a great athlete mm-hmm. also served him well in the business community um, and became a really, really successful businessman as well. Um, hmm. His training methods, the things that he did back then, were something that were a novelty. So one of the things, for example, that he did back then was he believed that even pacing was important. Up to that point, people didn't realize that even, even pacing was, a report, was important. He was one of the first ones to understand that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that obviously really plays big in today's training. Um, but he also did some crazy stuff. So while he was in the Army, um, he would hold on to a train and run alongside the train as the train was going to stretch his legs out and try to get longer strides. <laughs> he would uh, he had these iron-clad boots, and he would wear those and go for runs in these iron-clad boots. Uh, Pavo did some crazy, crazy stuff. He was <laughs> real big on, you know, we talk about strength training today and how important strength training is. Mm-hmm. Well, Pablo was one of those guys who did a lot of that stuff on the side. You know, he did his running, but he also did a lot of strength training on the side and probably led to him uh, being somewhat less injury-prone than most, although one of the things that finally put him on the sidelines was an Achilles injury. Hmm. Uh, so apparently he was a pig-headed man. Apparently one of the things they talked about with him was that he, um, he was very opinionated and he didn't mind letting his opinion be known and there was a guy from sweden as i said there was a big rivalry between finland and sweden and apparently this guy had tried to stop him he wanted pavo was trying to break the 3000 meter world record and this guy kept running in front of him and slowing down and making him go around him and (laughs) just giving him a hard time while he was trying to 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 break this world record and so pavo decided he wasn't running against anybody from Sweden ever again, <laughs> and uh, so that's the kind of pig-headed guy that Pavo Nurmi was.
0: It sounds like he was just a hardcore guy. He Everything was. he did was
1: he was all in. Yep, hundred miles an hour in that direction mm. in every case. A lot to be said there. Absolutely. So uh, there's Pavo Nurmi. What an interesting guy. Go check him out and look him up because there's some other things too about Pavo. He's got a big Wikipedia page because he did a lot of stuff. Uh, the business there's there's stories about him in the business community, stories about him in the army. Um that, that kinda add to the Pavo Nermi uh the man. So go check out Pavo Nermi. Social media? Nope. nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news. Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. So we're back, and if you haven't noticed yet, there is a Run for God channel on J Radio. If you're part of J Radio, and I know that several of you are, uh, there is a Run for God channel now, thanks to Mitchell finally getting his playlist in. Have
0: you listened to my playlist?
1: I have not. I have to be honest, it's I need to. pretty awesome. I will.
0: I have Old, Old Gold City, I have the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. I have some new stuff, and I've got some really old stuff. And my wife was kind of rolling her eyes the other day when we were listening <laughs> to it going down the road because she's like, this is not a running playlist, but I beg to differ. Yeah, It is for me. It's it, It's all my favorite music, and it's probably unlike any playlist you're going to hear on all of j radio because you got to be unique i think i think jared had to go back into the archives on some of my songs to to find them
1: that's what i was going to say probably took him time to find some of those
0: yeah yeah mine mine go way back so (laughs) this past friday night dean is not going to mention this so i'm going to mention it um this past friday night dean has had this goal of breaking some records in the state of georgia he's you know he he is the old guy He's 55 years old now. Um, and so this Friday night, this past Friday night, he decided that he wanted to break the Georgia state record for the 5K for the 59, 55 to 59-year-olds. And the record was
1: 17...
0: 34. 34. And uh, so we, then you got to have a certified race, so the... A local race in our community, the Silver Bell Sprint, um, they got this course certified really just for Dean and for this race. Kudos to them. And uh, so Dean took off on this race. He was kind of questioning. You know, my son was threatening to call him a, a pansy if he didn't break it. that uh, was motivation. So they come through, and his time was 1636. So basically a minute you broke the state record by, which is incredible so tell me about let's let's talk about this race for just a little bit you've been thinking about it for a while
1: walk me through it yeah i still can't believe i ran that fast just frankly i remember taking off and i felt good and i remember just pulling right out to the front immediately and lane was gonna was gonna hold back because this was it was a really odd course and the way that it was set up was very early you made this 180 degree turn and so he wanted to make sure that I didn't get tripped up in that So Lane
0: turn. is my son, That's who right. you coached since he was little. And right.
1: And Lane's he, job was to to help get you to the... His job was to pace me. Yeah. Was to try to to try to keep me on pace, keep me motivated, keep me... Um, he also, during the times when we were running into the wind, because it was windy that day, his, his job was to kind of run in front of me and I'd run behind him and he'd break the wind a little bit and help me out just a little. and. Um, but he was just an encouragement the whole mm-hmm. time. And so, uh, so anyway, he let me, he let me run. I knew he was going to let me run out in front, but the guy who actually eventually won the race, um, also kind of, kind of held back a little bit too and let me get out there. So I was able to get to that turnaround by myself basically and in front and which, which helped a lot, but it, I felt good. And I was like, am I running that fast and I'm out in front? And I thought, surely not, mm-hmm. but we kept going and we got to that first mile. Well, we got probably a half a mile in and lane turns to me he goes we're way under pace and that's all he said and I was like okay and he was just (laughs) he what he was doing was he was asking for feedback for me to know do we need to slow down or do we need to keep going and you could feel him kind of slow down and I pulled up on his shoulder and I was like I didn't say it but he felt me go I'm not ready to slow down Mm -hmm. and so he picked it back up again and we went through that first mile um more than 15 seconds faster than what was planned so what was your first mile our first mile was 508
0: hmm.
1: and um the official time was probably 5:11, 5:12. or the watch went off before we passed the, the mile mark so probably about 5 12 um our goal was 5:25. wow and so uh so we were well under pace at that point and i still felt good and mm-hmm. we were running uphill at that point and i felt good and so then we turned and we ran into the wind and uh, I kind of kind of relaxed a little bit there for about a half a mile, and Lane said, "Yeah." He went back and he, he looked at his and he realized he had his his watch set to go off every half mile, and so he said that that was our slowest half mile well, was just after that first first mile we ran like 2:45, like 5:30 pace mm-hmm. for that mile, and then he said, and all of a sudden he felt me started pushing on him again and he thought well i'm just gonna pick it back up again and so we picked it back up and sure enough we came to the second mile i think 523 according to my watch um again faster than what we thought we would be and then um we got in that last mile and i thought well if i feel good i'm just gonna really press because the guy that was leading was a, a young guy he was two two years out of high school uh and no way i can beat him but i was still right there and so I thought, well, if I'm close at two miles, I'm going after him. Mm-hmm. So, so at two miles, I'm chasing after this young guy as hard as I can go. And we got on that straightaway, and I just thought, as soon as I get to the top of this hill and I make that right-hand turn, I am going to hammer as hard as I can go for this last half mile, and I'm going to try to catch him. And so I did. And uh, I got to within probably about three seconds of him.
0: Yeah, when I saw right before y'all were making that right-hand turn
1: to, to come up Thornton, yeah. Y'all were right on him. Yeah.
0: And, uh, so yeah, that was. And,
1: and it was interesting because I was telling Lane, I said, go win. Because I was telling him, we were right there. I knew Lane still had the legs in him to go ahead and win the race. Yeah. And I thought, I, you're, you've done your job with me. Just go, go take care of business and go win this thing. <laughs> and, uh, he thought I said something about the wind. Block the wind. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he never did, never did pull ahead. He just kind of hung with me. And yeah. We...
0: I don't think he would have had it any other way though. Well, he, he was, he was, he was more excited about doing that than I've seen him for his own races before. He was, he was, and I loved the smack talking before the race.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: <laughs> I mean, all I... the way down there, you weren't. We hadn't seen you yet. And he's like, I, I we got to get there early. I got to give Dean his pep talk. Because he's had so many pep talks from you through the years that it was ready, it was time to turn the favor.
1: Yeah, and I remember that. You kind of you said you said Lane's got something he needs to tell you, and all of a sudden the back window comes down in the car because I'm sitting in my truck, he's sitting in the back seat. The window comes down. He says, "Okay, all right, all right. I thought about this now," and he goes into why I shouldn't have any problem running that fast. Uh, But then he follows it with, "Here's the way I look at it: is if." If you can't run that fast, you're just a pansy. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, we can't have that. that, that was that's that
0: been it. five years in the earning right there. That's
1: right. Yeah. That's right.
0: Uh, but. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. And so this weekend, I'm going to go ahead and say it for you. You're going to try to break the 8K
1: record yep.
0: as well. So how many records are you going to try to break? Are you going to go all the way up to the marathon?
1: Well, yes. I'm going to try to break the marathon in January. hmm So uh, uh, that's been that that was actually the first plan was was to do that one. Um, But then I looked and I saw the 5K and I realized we had a local 5K. And so I just started thinking about these other ones. But, um, yeah, my goal was to break the marathon record. So that's coming up in January the 16th. So stay stay tuned. Yeah. Hey, so. Don't forget that you can send questions to me at dean at runforgod.com. If you don't know about us, again, go to runforgod.com to learn more. Go to Run For God Run Club if you want to know more about Run Club. Uh, We would love to have you a part of Run Club if you're not already a part of Run Club. And don't forget that we would love to hear your story. We're about to share somebody's story here and everybody's story is unique, and we'd love to hear yours. And so um, send your story to us through those websites at runforgod.com or run for, runforgodrunclub.com. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, we've got a big thing going on here, right?
0: It's still blowing my mind, Dean. Um, the Couch to Marathon starting January the 17th. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people already signed up for this. I, I just have this... Idea in my head that come January 2022, we're going to have a 1,000 people going to Disney. Ah, i
1: be so excited.
0: So if you're just hearing about this for the first time, basically January 17th, we're starting a brand new challenge. It's our most ambitious challenge ever, um, and it's the Couch to Marathon in one year. Now, you may be thinking, that's a little bit of a, of an aggressive goal. You know, we've had some comments about this, but it's really not. If you... You always take a goal and you break it down. And we're, we're going to do 12 weeks. The first 12 weeks is the couch to 5K challenge. Right. So if you've never run, I think everybody who has been through it would agree, anybody can do the couch to 5K. You're going to take a week off. And then we're going to start the 5K to 10K program for the next 12 weeks. Everybody pretty much agrees that that's attainable. And then we're going to take a week off. We take a week off between every break. And then we're going to do the 10 K to half marathon. So when you're going to start in July and in October, you're going to run a half marathon 12 weeks. And then from a half marathon to a marathon, starting in October, we're going to take a week off mid October. We're going to go to January doing the marathon challenge. And then January, 2022, we're going to all meet down at Disney world. If you can't come to Disney world, you can run a marathon anywhere. You don't mm-hmm. have to come and run the Disney marathon. Um, but a lot of us are going to meet down there, and we're going to graduate together, and we're going to celebrate and have fun and get to know each other and just have a, a big old time. And, you know, we really didn't know what to expect when we rolled this out there. We thought, I, I just did, we didn't know what to expect. We had no goal. We had no nothing. But it has been incredible, the response to it. The biggest response we've ever had for anything yeah. is for this program. And we've got people who have never run before. We have people who are coming back to running. And then we have seasoned veterans, just like you. Yeah. So we've got we've got people from all three groups, never run, all the way to seasoned veterans who are doing this. And there's a place in this program for all of those people. So go to runforgod.com forward slash marathon. Pretty simple, runforgod.com forward slash marathon. And uh, check it out and join us this January. It's free for Run Club members. And we talk about this all the time. Run Club is cheap. It's $0.27 cents per day to join Run Club. $0.27 cents per day to fulfill that bucket list or the item in that bucket that you've had in your bucket list for years, and that's to run a marathon. You can do it with hundreds and hundreds of your best friends.
1: We promise that that $0.27 cents a day is well spent. Even if you don't do exactly. the Couch to Marathon program, it is well worth it if you, you like to be motivated. And you know what? If you just like to... You just like to be part of a group and and have a little bit of fun and uh, you know we we just we just have a good time with this so yeah be a part. Our story this week comes from Daniel Cam from Brunswick, Ohio, and the title of this devotion is "The Turning Point." I am a general dentist in Ohio. I have been practicing for 41 years, mainly doing oral surgeries, bone grafting, and dental implants. Since I do medical histories every day, I am keenly aware of the general health status of my population of patients. About five years ago, I began to realize that Americans were getting sicker and sicker. Cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, multiple sclerosis, sclerosis. Uh, Kidney failure, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, etc. They were all running rampant. Obesity, not just being overweight, was getting much more common. It was not unusual for my patients to be on 7 to 10 different medications per day. Bypass surgeries and stent placements were becoming the norm. What was going on? Why was our health care system failing us? I prayed that God would give me a clue. He did. I stumbled upon a movie called Forks Over Knives. Aha! It's in the food. It led me down the path of daily studying about nutrition and health and how diseases work. I learned from those who have become my heroes, doctors Colin Campbell, Caldwell S. Estelin, Dr. Mac- John McDougall, Dean Ornish, neil bernard pam popper michael greger they were all telling the same story we don't have to be a sick culture i began a whole food plant-based diet it felt so right and the daily research that i studied confirmed that i was on the right track but i was lacking a key component to my health exercise i like to run but i only did it sporadically I could not seem to motivate myself. Then along came Run for God at my church, Hope Church in Brunswick. Now I had a goal, a team, and motivation. Now I was running not just for myself, but also for God. I was running last night in week nine of the program and realized that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Here I was, almost 67 years old, running with absolutely nothing hurting and feeling powerful. I am on no medication only slightly overweight, have excellent blood pressure, and a resting heart rate that is getting better every week. God gave me the Run for God program, the missing piece for me. Now my lifestyle is His. He created our bodies, His temples, and the most amazing machines known to man, and He is so glad that I am finally truly taking care of mine. I'm not only running for Him, I am running to Him.
0: Wow, that's a great story, Dean. Uh,
1: plant-based diet. That sounds familiar, right? It does. Man. You are, you're still on that, right? Yeah, I am. And I have to say, you know, this whole record thing and where I am this I, this I, I didn't say this before, but that particular race, I have run no less than a dozen times over the years. Um, that was one within a few seconds of my fastest I've ever run there. Really? And I'm 55. Yeah. So, uh, and i I credit part of that to the plant-based diet hmm. so um yeah i think that uh i i feel what he feels um and it's one of the biggest things i found this year the two the two big things that i think helped a lot in that race was the plant-based diet and the shoes the, <laughs> the two big things scripture passage number one first corinthians 6 19 and 20 Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. (laughs) Of course, the Bible here is talking about sexual sin specifically in this particular verse. But, you know, we can easily extend that to anything that has to do with our bodies. And we do. Um, in, including how to fuel it, how to tune it up, and to do those things. He mentioned uh, medications.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the, the amount of medications we're on in this country are astounding.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have I have some relatives that I've I've been with them in the mornings before, and I mean, it's it's boxes of medications, and these aren't older people. These are these are people my age, and it's just. Um, yeah, I've I've never luckily, I guess I've been blessed and I've I've never had to be on really any medications, but it's um yeah I, I don't know what's going. On. I think there's more than just what he talked about in his story. I think there's a there's a an epidemic of drug companies pushing medications. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know I think with this verse, First Corinthians six, you. you we have to look at our bodies. I mean, it's very clear what it says. It's, it's, we're the temples of the Holy Spirit. But these aren't our bodies. These are simply mm-hmm. a vessel. And we have to look at it as if they're not ours. Well, how would you, how would you treat my truck if you came and borrowed it? I hope you would take care of it and make sure it's running right and, and all those things. Well, that's how we were supposed to, that's how we're supposed to look at our bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many times we, we just don't.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, and we are just borrowing them, just like that truck. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we need to be healthy in order. God has a plan for all of us. He tells us that in Jeremiah, how he's got a plan for all of us. And that plan includes physical things. Mm-hmm. And the healthier we are, the better we can execute the those things that he has for us. Right. So it just makes sense. Um, and, and, I, you know, I don't think we like this verse. Because we know that it, it it does tell us we should eat better. We should it's exercise. It's very convicting. It's a very convicting verse. I think we really especially hate this when at Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, and Christmas. And Christmas. <laughs>
0: uh, and when somebody has a birthday and they have cookie cake. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I always like to bring up... Uh, whenever I used when I was teaching Sunday school class we haven't had our Sunday school in a while but when I was teaching my Sunday school class there would always be this subject that came up and it would be some grave sin some big sin that's bigger than everything else you know or at least in the eyes of the people that were in the class and I always like to bring up well you know God says sin is sin and gluttony is sin (laughs) and then you can hear a pin drop nobody liked (laughs) to hear that one (laughs) <laughs> but gluttony is, is is not treating our bodies well particularly when it comes to food exactly so scripture passage number two second corinthians 4 15 through 18 therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving our are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. There's a ton in that verse. I mean, there is a lot to unpack in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of takes me back to the conversation we had a few weeks ago about um, treasure in heaven. Yeah. You know, we're, we're supposed to be looking at this life. um not by the things we see just like it says here um, and it says yet we're yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day that's that's so long as we're focused on Jesus that may not be the case for everybody um, Paul was Paul was speaking to believers here but there there's a huge segment of our population that are not being renewed mm. day by day and it's up to us to to live by example, to shine light without necessarily saying any words. You know, the biggest yeah. impact we can have on people is the things we do, not necessarily the things we say. And if if we're living out a life sold out to Jesus Christ, we're taking care of our bodies, we're doing everything that his word says we need to do, people are going to notice that. And, and it's not something we have to say. And if we're not... Um, dedicating our bodies to christ just like we dedicate other areas of our life to christ and people will notice that um yeah i mean it's kind of a a, a tricky tightrope there but we need to keep we need to take care of our bodies just like they're not ours because they're not ours yeah and you know i can get in trouble and say things i probably shouldn't say here (laughs) but take, take care of yourself
1: Yeah, one of the things, too, that it says, because you mentioned where it says we're being renewed day by day, but it says outwardly we're wasting away. Exactly. You know, the world looks at us and thinks that that's what we're doing. The world looks at us and thinks, well, you're you're just, you're wasting your time with all of this God stuff. Right. And with, why are you doing all of that? Why, you know, on Sunday mornings, I sleep late. I get extra rest on Sunday mornings because because I don't go to church. And they look at us as if we're wasting away when in reality, we are being renewed day by Mm -hmm. day. Um, What a great picture that is. But what a sad picture it is for those people who don't realize what's really happening there.
0: But that's that's also the urgency we have in that we have a job here to do. We need a healthy body to do that job. Mm -hmm. But our job is to go reach those people who are not being renewed day by day and to point them to the one who can make that happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is to look away from the world and toward God. These momentary troubles that, that it talks about here, are they're not even speed bumps in the grand scheme of things, Mm-mm. but yet so many people in the world, the people you're talking about that we do need to reach, um, they think those are giant mountains. Yeah. And they're nothing but speed bumps. Scripture passage number three, 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. Hmm. That is such a powerful, powerful, powerful passage. You know, Paul is saying three things here. He's saying he has confidence that he did, that he worked hard for God while mm-hmm. he was on this earth. Number two, um, he had completed his mission. That God gave him a job to do, and he had done that job. And number three, he tells us that um, he specifically stuck to the truth, exactly what God had in store for him to uh, to do. Uh, and we're so quick today to dismiss truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really scary. Or at least, I say dismiss truth because a lot of times we talk about truth as it as it relates to outside of the church. Mm-hmm. But even inside the church, we're dismissing, we're compromising. We're not dismissing truth, we're compromising truth. And I think that we've got to be very careful about that.
0: Yeah, you know, this is the this is the second time we've talked about this verse today, and um, probably if I have. One wish is to be able to, to say this at the end of my life. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the end of my life is going to look like, but I guess if I had a, a wish, it would be, you know, Paul knew that his time, his days were very limited at that point. And, and to be able to say, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith, now I know what's coming. And to have that confidence that peace, you gotta, you got to imagine what Paul was facing when he said this. But to have that kind of peace in the face of that kind of persecution, you, you can't deny a God at that point. Yeah. You just can't. For somebody to have that kind of peace and resolve and under those circumstances, it only points to one thing, because most people dealing with the things he was dealing with and about to face they would have been in agony. They would have been blaming God and crying out why, but not Paul.
1: Yeah, I was just listening to a podcast, and we listen to some of these investigative podcasts occasionally, my wife and I when we Mm -hmm. travel. And it was talking about how this guy was on death row, and he watched the other death row inmates around him and how most of those guys, and we don't think about this, most of those guys are heavily medicated Mm -hmm. because they're freaking out Mm -hmm. because they're so scared. And who can blame him, right? Right. But that's where Paul was. When sure. he wrote this, he was he was in that last cell. He was the next <laughs> Modern in day line. death row. Yeah. This was his last letter he ever wrote right here. And he knew it. And he knew it. Yeah. And and he's excited yeah. about where he's headed. God, yeah, it. and
0: it's amazing. You know I and I need to tell at some point I am going to tell my dad's whole story, but that, you know, that's where my dad was you know the, mm. before my dad was saved he was going into a surgery where he thought it he might not come out it was very likely he might not come out he was terrified i mean mm. just I, I saw the look on his face and and that's the moment he got saved i i, I asked the doctors to step out and because i saw it i yeah. firsthand saw what the terror of a lost person who thinks they're about to die looks like fast forward 10 years to another surgery that he was about to go into almost the same exact circumstance with, with one big exception. I asked him, I said, dad, are you ready for the surgery? He said, absolutely. He said, I know where I'm headed. You can't, that gives me cold chills just talking about it. You can't, you cannot explain that. You mm. cannot explain that outside of Jesus Christ. Like I said, I saw it firsthand. I, it was the tale of two dads to me. Yeah. Same person, two different dads. And, yeah, I mean no, that's that is my hope is that that will be, and I, I I think I think that if that were the case right now, that's I would I hope I would be like Paul. Yeah. And that okay, God's done with me here, but man, there's something better coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's our hope and prayer that everybody is is in that spot. First question: There were two trees in the Garden of Eden. We chose the wrong tree, and it has made all the difference. How does our gaining the tree of knowledge of good and evil affect how we take care of our bodies? <laughs> this is such a great <laughs> question. Never heard anything put quite no. this way. Um, you know, the, because the evil one is is always telling us constantly that these temporary satisfactions are more important than anything else, and that what is it we hear all the time these days? And people say it in a way that is is. It's innocent in, in the thought and why they're saying it, but it's so destructive overall is that we deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us we do not deserve to be happy. We deserve quite the opposite. Pick
0: up your cross daily is not a picture of happiness. Yeah. Now, there's joy and there's peace, but not necessarily happiness. But you're right. I mean, the the world says, do it now. You deserve it. I mean, think about, think about affairs. Mm-hmm. That's all it comes down to is a very short term, whatever, and or I put that into a lot of different things that we do, yeah. and it's Any it's addiction. so destructive, and we know, I mean what whatever the situation it is that you're in, you know what the repercussions are, but yet something triggers us to do that anyway and (laughs) that's the tree yeah it's the the tree god god told adam and eve god told adam and eve don't eat from this tree but a a slippery little snake comes up and says oh he don't know what he's talking about and
1: so it's hard for us to believe that god god could tell somebody that and somebody ignore god it's just you know it's so hard to believe
0: well but, you know we talked about this last night we were having our our bible study me and lane and lane and holly and and um we were in golly, i'm telling on myself now i'm getting my age uh, <laughs> oh no
1: it gets worse uh <laughs> something you know i've always said the one thing that works better on me every year is my forgetter
0: yeah i'm <laughs> going blank right now. anyway we were talking about how how people in the bible Take the children of Israel, for instance. They were led out of captivity by a cloud that moved during the day and a cloud that was on fire at night. Manna, food, rained down from the sky when they were hungry. The Red Sea split in two and they were able to walk across on dry land and then it closed up and killed their the people that were trying to kill them behind, behind them, the Egyptians. But yet they complained and some of them still didn't believe. How, how is that possible? That, it's just like Adam and Eve here, how is it possible that the God of the universe said, please don't eat that tree? Or not please don't eat, don't eat that tree. I, to, to say that we're programmed for all the people out there who say that you know we get into the free will and we're not going to get into that but to for for there to be people out there to say that we don't have free will to, yeah just look i mean yeah. so it, it really blows my mind that people back then didn't believe and and didn't trust and i say that but then i bring i come all the way back to today you know we have is we have miracles today that happen mm mm-hmm. mhm and we acknowledge them as mere but but yeah, we do the same thing. We, we belly ache and complain, and God, why is this happening? Well, we know. We know the answers to the question we're asking. We know what's going to happen if we do that thing that we know we're not supposed to do, but we do it anyway. And it's
1: yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Yeah, we have you, Todd Shoemaker. You know, we just shared his story. And uh, I mean, it's a modern day miracle. It can be nothing else. There is no other explanation. And yet we will complain when we don't feel good. (laughs) You know, Uh, part of what you you mentioned, all this whole thing with the Israelites, part of what strikes me there is is just how temporary temporary pleasure is Mm -hmm. because they had this temporary pleasure of of seeing those things that happened. And even to the point where God was providing their food for them, and then the, eventually that thing that was such a blessing, such an incredible miracle, became, eh, I don't want to eat that again. You know, it's amazing how temporary those wow. pleasures, what we call pleasures, are. Um, I I just think it's 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that I think about how when we when we don't want to run. You know, we what's the number one excuse for I don't want to run? Today"? I don't have time. I don't have time or I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. I had a hard day today and I'm too tired and I don't want to get out there and I don't want to go do it. And uh, you know what happens is? The evil one takes that tired feeling and just amplifies it mm-hmm. and makes it that much worse. Where the truth is is if you get off the couch and you'd go ahead and just make that first step, you'll realize Oh, this isn't nearly as bad as I was thinking it was 20 minutes ago.
0: And how do you always feel after?
1: Always feel great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Always.
0: Yep. Sometimes, sometimes, I've heard you say this about some of your runs. Sometimes
1: those are your best runs. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. When you went and you didn't think you were going to be able to do it and you just crush it. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. Well, last week, last Friday was one of those days. Right. It really was one of those days. Yeah. It's, you said you had dead legs before the race. I did. Yeah. I did. Obviously didn't turn. Yeah. Crazy. Question number two. Americans use twenty five <clears throat> excuse me. Americans use twenty five percent of the world's resources for our indulgent pleasure, wanting to have as much as possible with the least expenditure of energy. How does running for God change your attitude about that? Well running definitely goes against that grain. Nothing worth
0: having comes easy.
1: Mm.
0: Period. Yeah. Any aspect of your life nothing worth having comes easy. You know, I think about I think about the principles we teach our kids. You know, you can you can um, my son Landon. You know, he wanted he likes to hunt and fish and he wanted a he wanted a deer rifle and he wanted a shotgun and he wanted a bow and arrow. Now, his mom and I could have went and bought that for him. Or we could ask him to work and go buy it for himself. We did the latter. Landon worked. He built stuff, made stuff, sold it, and he was able to buy his own deer rifle, shotgun, and bow and arrow. Do you know how well he takes care of those things? Mm. Do you think it would be the same, he would take the same care if we had just went and bought them for him? Probably not. No. No, because we understand... The satisfaction that comes from putting putting work into things. It's it's the satisfaction you get after a hard track workout. And you're like, oh, that hurts so bad, and that was so hard, but it feels so good. Yeah. It's the same thing with anything we do in life that's hard. You know, mm-hmm. the satisfaction of, you know, I, I have a building background, and that's, that's one thing I loved about the building industry is, especially when I was framing, you you, you work hard at Framing in construction is it's one of the hardest jobs there are. It is super labor intensive. But you know what I loved about it? At the end of the day, you could turn around and there were walls and a roof there this afternoon that weren't there this morning. And you yeah. could see the fruit of your labor. And that's that's a that's a godly principle. That is, is. something that's instilled in us, the yearning to do that and when we, when we when we just want to indulge in pleasures with the least amount of expenditure, it's it's not satisfying. It's not as satisfying as yeah. if you do something to get
1: it. Well, and the, the crazy part about it is is that we're constantly being bombarded with messages about how things should be easy. You know, take a pill and lose weight. I've right. seen advertisements that say you run your best on 15 miles a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, just crazy stuff that. I know is not true right. I've taken some of that stuff and some of those those marketing ads and I've, I've looked at them and to, to dig into them to see well what are they trying to say and it's really all it is it's marketing it's just sure. somebody telling you that something is something that it's not right and that's the truth about not working for something is you're not getting you're not getting anything when right. you don't work for it um you know getting in shape staying in shape Requires work. Being spiritually fit requires work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: God doesn't want us to be sitting on the sidelines, just absorbing. He wants us to be working toward and being that, better Christians.
0: That's why I have a little bit. I mean, I understand the heart behind these companies, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying anything to take away from their motive behind this. What I'm about to say, but it's it's why I have a little bit of a problem with these apps that you can put on your phone that sends you a daily verse that that's good i mean that that is a noble thing but if i think people put that app on their phone and they say well, i'm i'm getting my bible time in today that's my god time and if that's what you're living on you're malnourished
1: that's absolutely right. it's
0: plain and simple if you're not cracking open the book and getting in god's word and talking to him and Arguing with him and pleading with him and and really getting to know him. Please, please hear my heart. And that 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 is a good thing. What what those app companies are doing, but it's that should only be a supplement.
1: That's exactly. That should
0: not be your main course. That should be in addition to. Right. The icing on the cake. Exactly. But that's the way many times so much of the stuff is marketed to us is th- this can be your time with God, and that's just it's just not sufficient
1: and because we're so busy these days right. you know we 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 look back on the day and we go okay i didn't spend time but there was that app and that thing that i did for that 5 minutes you know yeah i'm not think, saying okay, don't so,
0: get the app but i'm saying if if you're if you see that app and you think oh i can get that cuz i can fit that in you need to stop and think right there yeah that you need, we talked about the story or the quote or something you had a few weeks ago that says, I have so much to do today that I need to spend more time in prayer today. And that's so true. Yeah. Um, I don't that's, know how we got off on that. but
1: I don't either, but, but it's a good subject. So.
0: Yeah, that needs to be a supplement. A supplement.
1: There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What
0: do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It
1: it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. Okay, we're back, and it is time for Dean's Thoughts. That is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So how do you react when things don't go your way? More specifically, how do you react when things are just not right? Well, this story is called Reaction. We have all heard the Charles Swindoll quote, I am convinced that 10% of what happens to me and Excuse me. Let me start over. (laughs) We've all heard the Charles Swindoll quote. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. It's a great quote. How we react to things is critically important, especially for a Christian. One bad reaction to someone who doesn't know, know us can shape their opinion about us in a negative way. I've seen several occasions lately where someone reacted negatively to a situation only to come back and apologize. Tensions have been high all across our country, and it's easy to lose your cool when you would normally be calm. Well, how about your running? How do you respond to your environment when you're running? Do you focus on how hot or cold it is outside? Do you fret over it? If your hamstring hurts, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Is it, oh, no, or is it, well, let's see what happens in another mile. Are you upset if you have to take a couple of days off, or do you look at it as an opportunity for better rest? There are a thousand different scenarios that play out every day in the minds of runners all across the globe. So let me ask this. Does it matter? Well, I think it matters. How you react to whatever is in front of you dictates your next step. If I don't look at an ache or a pain objectively, I can lead myself into an injury, or I can force myself to take time off that isn't needed. In addition, negative reactions almost always lead to worse feelings. The hotter you believe it is outside, the worse you're going to feel. It works the same way with cold weather. I've had both these situations, one where I get home and check the temperature and it's colder than I thought it was, and one where it's much warmer than I thought. The determining factor was my state of mind that day. Digging a little deeper, I would say that most of the time, you don't need to react at all. It is what it is, and there's nothing you can do to change many factors like the weather. Why react either positively or negatively to heat? You can't make it cooler. You can make a decision to run in shadier location, but once you're on your way, nothing you can do about it. There is no reaction that will change facts. Of course, it goes without saying, that appeals to a host of issues. So what about God? How does God react to us when we disappoint Him? He doesn't. Let me say that again. He doesn't react to us. Why do I say that? God is in control of everything. He just is. No reaction necessary. We can't surprise him. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are as high as the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Make no mistake, God is in control. He doesn't react to things because he doesn't need to. It's not a surprise to him. And if we're focused on being more like Jesus, as the Bible tells us we should, we don't need to react to the things around us in ways we wouldn't be proud of later. We don't need to look at the negative side of anything because we know that there's a positive side to everything. How are you reacting to the world around you? Do you see the glass half full or half empty? I want to get to a point spiritually where the only thing that matters to me is that God is the one holding the glass? Then nothing else matters.
0: <laughs> it's a great story, Dean.
1: As uh, usual. We've 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 all been in those situations, right? Uh, that turn us into something we don't want to be. Uh, it happened to me recently.
0: Are we gonna have to air our laundry here?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> not com- maybe not completely. But I just I had a I had a dog that came out of nowhere, surprised me, and it scared me. And mm-hmm. I was literally thinking I was afraid the dog was going to bite me because um, he looked a little aggressive. And, uh, and there was a family standing out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I kind of shouted at the guy that was there, will you get your dog? Mm-hmm. And I was really kind of a jerk about it. And um, I just remember I ran up the road <laughs> and I turned around and I ran back and I said, let me just tell you something. I, I apologize. I should not have reacted that way. There were kids there. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt really bad about saying what I had said, but we get in these situations and we mm-hmm. react in ways that we we don't want to react.
0: But you know, this is where I, I look at I look at um, Isaiah 55, and I think I kind of see what he's talking about there. He said, "My ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Um, my ways are not your ways." Well, you know, you can you can look at that situation and you can kind of see what God's talking about there because in your mind, and initially when people hear that story, they think, wow, you were a jerk. But we don't know what God was doing there. Because if you would have just said, hey, you care to get your dog, and they got their dog, and you were nice about it, that might not have made an impact on those people. But you made a profound impact on those people when you were a jerk, but you came back. And that's what we don't do enough of in this world. Are we gonna mess up? Yes. Mm-hmm. But people people who who don't know Christ, that is when they see Christ. They see Christ in us because that is different. Most people would not have turned around and came back. Yeah. But God got a hold of you. God was He was probably thumping you in the head. If I know you, he was thumping you right there. Yeah. And so that was God working. We didn't, we don't understand that, but I can kind of see it now that, you know, we don't know what that family was going through, but they saw they saw Jesus come up in their yard through Dean, you know, they, it might have been Jesus dragging Dean back up there, <laughs> yeah. but nevertheless, you made it right, and I think that's where we have to understand that we're gonna mess up, but what the devil wants us to do is to mess up and then just try to sweep it under the rug or forget about it or whatever and it's and it's when we make it right that can often have as big or bigger impact than if we hadn't done it at all so it's it's there again it's like you started off this whole segment it's how we react
1: yeah yeah well I remember a race one time when we went the wrong way and mm. um, here's the question at that point what what do you do right at that point in time you um, I wasn't going to have a good time. I wasn't going to do what I came there to do. Do you just give up? Do you just run back to the starting line and go, okay, whatever, you know, or do you keep working hard? Mm-hmm. And and I think the way that you react to a situation like that says a lot about us and about how we, we feel about life in general. Um, you know, in that case, we, that whole group that went the wrong way, we came back and there were a bunch of people ahead of us and we had to go try to run them all down
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we, we, Pretty much to a person, we all kind of went back at it and just kept fighting hard as hard as we could. Um, you,
0: you made you, yeah. I guess you know, I you, what you just said made me think about you know, I've always had, and I've been real open about this, I've always had a little bit of a problem with professional athletes, runners, triathletes who the race it not go in like they want and they mail it in, they just they pull out of the race and. And on one hand, I get it. I understand why they're, they're paid athletes who, you know, they've got another race coming up. and they. But I've always had a little bit of a problem with it because of, of what you're talking about. It's it's their reaction to what's going on. You know, probably one of the biggest races that made an impact on me with, with regards to that kind of situation was the Ironman World Finals a few years ago and Jan Frodeno, who was picked to be one of the top three, if not win it. Um he got in some trouble on the run. I don't know if he had a side stitch or what have but basically his race was over. Most athletes would have pulled out. Yeah. Jan Ferdino didn't. He started hamming it up and just you know start started running with some of the age groupers and just going and high fiving people and he came through and the crowd was going crazy for him. Even though he came in Probably the, the lowest place he'd ever finished in an Ironman. But he took something that most of us would have just been ill as a hornet, bitter, sour, mailed it in, quit the race, and he made something good out of it.
1: He took that situation and made it not about him.
0: He made it about the competitors around him. Because I always look at it, what does Jan Ferdino who could do that race in just over eight hours, what does it say to that person who's back there just barely trying to get in under 17 hours which is the cutoff yeah that that's what I that's the people I think about when I see the professionals pull out and again, if there's a professional out there listening to this i I understand but I would also say think about the people way back there behind you yeah and what it says to them and how you could impact their lives by not pulling out don't don't continue to to hurt yourself long term but turn it into something else
1: think about the number of people today that say i remember that time where jan fredenio came came by me in a race and he stopped and gave me a high five everybody
0: the that watched it on tv i mean the all the net the network cameras were like focused on him yeah because they're like what's this crazy guy doing why ain't he pulling out but yeah years later this is the story I remember I don't even know who won that race Isn't I it? honestly do not remember who won that race but I remember Jan Ferdino finishing way back in the pack yeah but it was because of his attitude wow.
1: to adversity that's a great story I remember just this past summer and I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast at some point in time but I had a really I had one of those days and it was really hot out that day I think and I kind of almost blacked out and I had to sit down and one of my neighbors had to come and pick me up and take me home it was it was really bad it was worse than I thought it was in the moment in the mm-hmm. moment I didn't think that much about it I thought well I'm just having a bad day mm-hmm. it was a lot worse than that um, But do I change what I'm doing today because of what happened that one day mm-hmm. And the answer is no obviously but but so many people will take a situation like that and they will, They'll just hang it up. It'll be like, I I don't ever want that to happen to me again. And I don't want that to happen to me again. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if it happened next week, I'll be happy. But I can't stop doing, I can't stop living because of that. And I think we see a lot of people scared to live today.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Especially today. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things.
1: All right, we're back. And have you not become a coach yet? If you're out there and you've ever thought how much fun it would be to kind of lead people through running, or even if you haven't thought that, and you just think you want to be a part of something special in somebody's life, then maybe you should become a Run for God coach, and you should teach a 5K Challenge class yourself.
0: We've had over 5,000 now around the world. Good and heavens. And they're some of the awesomest people. And they will tell you that teaching the 5K Challenge did more for them than it did for their students. And yeah. it's true. I can testify to that. You mm-hmm. can testify to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, go check it out.
1: Absolutely. So we have a trivia question for today. So what is it? Let's go back to track and field. Um, and let's ask this question. What site has hosted the USATF, that's the United States of America, track and field championships more than any other? And What is the name of the stadium and where is it located?
0: I bet I know this.
1: one. I bet you know this one, too. Uh, This
0: one's low-hanging fruit right here. It
1: might be, but uh, research that a little bit because that place has a a colorful history.
0: Now, let's go with the rules. Number one, if you know the answer to this question, you need to email it to dean at runforgod.com. You have to be a Run Club member to win, and you have to send the email to dean at runforgod.com. Not customer service, not Facebook Messenger, but also include your T-shirt size because... The boxes that we've been giving away have been popular. Yeah. Uh, the Run Club boxes. It comes with the mug. It comes with a copy of devotions. And it comes with a t-shirt, a Run Club t-shirt. Um, so if you're not a member but you know the answer to the question, then go sign up to become a member and send Dean
1: an email right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the only rules. Fantastic. So every week we share one reason why running is so awesome. And I am going to share this this week. And I don't know if you know this, but this is a fascinating fact. We are better at endurance running than almost any other animal on earth. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I knew that. Yeah, it's a, it's so fascinating. Um, and it, it has a lot to do with the shape of our bodies and the way our bodies are made, the, the shape of our hips, our feet, the length of our legs uh, makes a difference. The, the idea that our, our spinal cords have the disc between them that provides shock absorption um, mm-hmm. helps. Our ability to sweat is one of the biggest reasons why we can run long distances and many animals can't. Um, and it just makes it possible for us to run mile after mile after mile.
0: Well, you know, if you've read the book uh, The Road to Sparta by Dean Karnazes, he talks about that in ancient Greece, um, this is where ultra running started, was because if, if a, a, a commander or a captain of an army needed to, to get a message to someone 100 miles away, uh, an endurance runner, I forget what they called them then, but they had a name for those. The people, the endurance runners, they could get that message 100 miles faster than a horse. And it's not saying that we can run faster than a horse, but a horse does not have hardly any endurance. They're fast. Or they can walk for very long distances, but trying to get a long distance in in a quick amount of time was done by humans
1: yeah if you want to know more too about the science behind it there's a book out there called born to run mm-hmm. uh, one of the most popular running books ever written and it talks a lot about was that McDougal McDougal yeah. Christopher for McDougal yeah and it's uh, yeah it's a great kind of look look at that history of, of why we're such good and runners. also
0: the road to Sparta and the you road know to Dean Sparta. goes through Absolutely. that in detail about yeah. the, the Spartans who who
1: did that yeah two two great books our motivational thought of the week. And this one is a, 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 is attributed to a quote that m- many quotes are attributed to. And it, the guy's name is Anonymous. Wow. So I don't know who that never guy is. Never heard of him. Brilliant guy, though. <laughs> uh, the task ahead of you is never greater than the strength within you. Mm. I like that. I think God gives us the strength to complete things and to do things that we never thought we could do. Um, this past Friday, we talked about that race that I ran. I honestly, if somebody had told me I would run that race in that amount of time before the race, I would have said, there's no way I don't mm-hmm. have that kind of strength within me. Mm-hmm. We have strength within us. We don't even know we have. Um, hmm. and, and especially when it is God that is providing the, uh, motivation and the strength within us. So listen, we want you to join run club again, go, go this is a great way to connect with other people who have similar interests to yours. If you're here and listening to this podcast right now, it's probably because you like running and because you love God. Hmm. It's probably those two things. And so there are many, many others just like you who feel the same way you do, and they're all part of Run Club, or a lot of them are part of Run Club. Mm -hmm. We want more of them to be part of Run Club, and we need you too. So um, we have lots of different resources out there. Check out runforgodrunclub.com to see all the resources that are out there
0: 27 cents a day
1: 27 cents a day there's training plans there are videos one on top of another there's mm-hmm. a ton of them out there um, the weekly text the facebook group is just gold mm-hmm. it's, it's worth it <laughs> yeah. all by itself so uh, yeah go out there give us five star reviews make sure that people know who we are share this podcast with other people so that they hear it and uh now may god bless every step at every moment Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.
0: For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.